My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to this week's episode of the Oddscast podcast. I'm Dominic DeLeo alongside Joe Delera, Terry Takes, producer Corey. Stocked full agenda this week. NFL Week 13, we'll get into our odds versus SPY segment where we try and beat the stock market later. We got some NBA and college basketball on tap to start. However, Joe, you've been clamoring for some NBA uh, segments. I don't know what exactly we're going to do, but the season apparently starts in like two weeks. So yeah, I'm very excited. Who cares? Uh, Very (laughs) excited. Uh, I will be writing again at, uh, for the action network. So a couple articles a week. Um, so that'll be fun. Something else that you can catch some of my picks on. Um, we had some recent news with John wall being traded for Russell Westbrook. Uh, And I was laughing at this so hard and I was actually thrilled about it as a Knicks fan, because that meant that the Knicks couldn't trade for either of them. So, (laughs) because I didn't want them. Uh, but if you, it was funny because if you looked at their win totals and like odds percentages, they really didn't change for the Rockets. The wizards improved a little bit, um, which kind of makes sense, but, uh, I, I, they're the same player. Um, so I don't really think that it impacts all that much regarding either of the teams. John Wall isn't better than Russell Westbrook. I think he's a better passer. And I think that he might fit better with Harden, like slightly, but they both are some of the most inefficient like scores in the NBA. Basically um, they're not good shooters Wall's slightly better than Westbrook, but um we don't really know what we're going to see with wall. He's been really hurt for basically the past two seasons. So, uh, does this mean that Russell Westbrook is going to average a triple double again? Uh, it's going to be interesting because pairing him with Bradley Beal, because Bradley Beal is really like underrated all he should, he should be really like first team all NBA. He's been unbelievable, um, the past couple seasons, but, uh, but is, is he like a Kevin Love? Does he have Kevin Love disease where he's just a good player? Is a good, bad player? No, I think he's better than that. I think that the rest of the team is just has been so bad that like he by himself couldn't really elevate it. And then the that's what I mean. Like he's just on a bad team putting up well, numbers. Part of it, well, part of it's that they don't play defense. And then the other part of it was that they had like $40 million in cap tied up in a hurt John Wall. So it's like, there's only so much you can do when there's, you don't really have a lot of roster flexibility. So I don't know. I, I don't really think it impacts them too much. Maybe they make a push for an eight seed, but doubtful. Uh, but the, th- the bet that I did want to talk about um, is now that they put out some win percentage bets, there's two ways you can go about this in terms of win totals. There's either win percentages or total wins. What? So DraftKings has win percentage points bet has win totals. So DraftKings has said in their terms, they say you have to play at least 60 games out of the 72 game season. Um, points bet didn't really have that language. So it made me want to shy away from them because it's like, if one game gets canceled, but your team goes over, they could technically void your bet. So I don't really love that idea. I don't like, it just doesn't seem to be great given COVID. Um, Yes, Corey. Do you attribute your ability to decipher that uh, to your law school education? 
Uh, no, I would say that since this is more math related, this had to do with some of the teaching that my mom gave me. Um, you know, uh, my mom, she used to always make me do like, like as a good Asian child, I had to do the math books before I went to the beach in the summer. <laughs> and so hey, let your brain turn to mush. Yeah. That was literally what she said. She is said, she Asian or are you adopted? My mom, <laughs> my mom is Korean. Okay. So biological. Uh, the one bet that stood out to me more than more than most is uh is the bucks over 68.5% on the win percentage. So 60 68.5% uh, is on DraftKings. It would necessitate them going 50 and 22 to win. Points bets total is 49, so it would also necessitate them winning 50 games. Um, but what I did was I looked at some expected win totals. I think the Bucks are being a little underrated because of the way they lost to Miami. Um, but that was really more of a systemic problem and a matchup problem more so than a negative on the Bucks. So in 2018 and 2019, they won 60 games. Uh, or 2018-2019 season, they won 60 games, 73.2% win percentage. And they actually won fewer games than their expected wins were. They were expected to win 2.4 games more. And this deals with offensive and defensive efficiency and where you think, based on that, those totals, how many wins they should have won. Then, uh, so that was 2018-2019. Uh, if you look at last season, 2019-2020, they won 56 games which was actually a higher win percentage, 76.7%. And they were expected to win another game. And had they been playing 82 games, it would have paced out to be 64.1 games. So this team's better. They've traded for players. They've improved with Drew Holiday. Um, I think that was a piece they were missing, uh, like a point guard to take off some of the ball handling responsibility and like an elite to perimeter defender. Um, so maybe they won't play drop as much and they can actually beat Miami. Um, but the line that's set right now, they would have to win 56 games over an 82 game season. Like I said, this is a fifth over 72 game season, which this is, is 50 games. And if they only need to play 60, they have to win. They have to be 42 and 18. I think that this line is off. I think that there's a pretty significant edge here. Um, and I like, they've only lost, uh, they haven't even lost uh, like this many games ever. So this team's better. Um, and I like them for over 68 and a half. I think they've shown that they're a great regular season team. Um, and the coaching deficiencies with Budenholzer don't really come through until the playoffs. So, um, just, I think the talent's too great. And even though they have the highest win percentage bet available, I like the over. So, yeah, I mean, we'll get into the NBA, I'm sure. We'll do an NBA season preview podcast. I just wanted to say that my favorite Joe's mom story um, is when we – I think we were going maybe to Virginia for our uh, law school softball tournament. <laughs> going back. Going we, back. we were coming back from it, and I was dropping Joe off uh, at, like, a hotel, like, rest stop along the parkway. And we pull in and Joe's parents had been there for probably about like half an hour. And they were like, yeah, they came up and they were like, yeah, we were walking around and we found, she opened up her hand and there were so many coins in her oh, hand. She's cool. like, it's like, we found like $5 and change just walking around this hotel. It was, like, was literally so, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but that, uh, 
that, preposterous that, amount of coins. That <laughs> spirit, that spirit is still alive and Joe as he searches for edges that you should bet. So follow him on the NBA. He'll, his articles on the Action Network are very good, and he's very good NBA better, probably uh, the best that I know personally. So I will even better than uh, Justin Fan at the Action Network. So yeah, I will say. That guy. <laughs> Do you know you're, him? I'm your real Asian shaman. No, I mean, like, in terms of people that I follow in my orb of social media influence, which is not send us far, somebody but. who's better. <laughs> Moving on to college basketball, Ken Palm is back. Terry, did you up your Ken Palm subscription? I did. I didn't realize, I forgot how cheap it was. It's only $20. That's it? Yeah, yeah for the whole season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. And again, KenPom.com, uh, Ken Pomeroy, probably the best college basketball uh, analyst as far as hard metrics. I really do like his, um, I, not even so much as like projections, but just that you can look at individual teams and see who they play. Like, like just like researching teams is all in one spot. You get all their statistics, you get the players, their usage numbers, their rates as far as their personal statistics so you can see like who's important on these basketball teams because there's you know 300 plus college basketball teams and this place is a very good uh aggregation tool and he he crunches the numbers yeah he's a basketball calculator but just in terms of a um at, you know, a place of information. If you're looking for college basketball information, highly recommend it. I wanted to talk cause we're starting to bet college basketball in terms of favorites this year and things to look out for. I don't know how, and right now it's, you know, the first three or four or five games for some of these teams, how the absence of home court and the absence of fans at their home court uh, for these teams is going to play out because usually a lot of these teams get four or five, six point swings if they're at home and it remains to be seen whether or not travel is enough to account for that so i don't know whether we'll see an nfl type season with no fans where the nfl lines have similarly kind of adjusted to road teams not having as big of a swing in terms of where the line is set so there's a lot of neutral court games right now because they're playing in tournaments and preseason tournaments and things like that, but something to interesting to watch as we go ahead. I've personally bet some road teams that are playing in, you know, on the road where it's a little easier to play like Michigan state who I'm probably going to bet because I bet them every single year by the time tournament time comes around to win the tournament. Uh, they went into Cameron indoor stadium at Duke and they beat them pretty handily. So, yeah. I don't know if that would happen if the crazies were out and the, and the fans were packed out and they were very loud, but that's just a new kind of era we have in 2020. And it's just something to watch out for. I wanted to go over the top five teams in Ken Palm as of Thursday, December 3rd, we're recording this and we'll release this podcast Friday morning um, at midnight on Thursday. Number one, Gonzaga. I don't know. Mark few. Stop me. Stop me when you heard this before. Gonzaga is a top five team in the college basketball world, and this might be the year that they win. Wow. I've heard that before. <laughs> so they have, you know, th- this is the first time they've had like top tier talent. Like, yeah, Adam Morrison was like a top five pick. He was 
three to the Bobcats in like 2008 or whatever that was, but sweet mustache, but he was not a freshman one and done type player as Jalen Suggs is. I've seen Suggs ranked in the top five and he's a dynamic point guard. And I think that, you know, maybe this could be the year. If, if any year could be the year we've seen the Dodgers win the world series after, you know, a long, laborious kind of coming up short. It seems like 2020 is the year that the streaks break, but you know, it could be Gonzaga's year. So are you, are you, are you parlaying a saints and Gonzaga future championship? I like, don't really, I love, like I said, I love the saints, but my brother Matt DeLeo is set to win $44,000 if the saints win the super bowl. And I don't know if that's, I'm trying to not be jealous, but I, it's just very hard for me to imagine him having that good of a year. Hmm. Fair. Yeah. He's I mean, it's that. just the heartbreak of the saints losing in the playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot to, you know, we'll get into the saints and their DVOA rankings later on in this podcast, but it's, well, well, it remains to be seen whether their offense is good enough to win a super bowl. Number two, Baylor three, and zero. one of my favorite teams last year before the tournament got canceled, they return a ton of talent. Uh, their coach, Scott drew has been a very good coach over the last couple of years. And I think that Baylor is also a team to watch, but the, the secret's probably out on them. Um, they play Gonzaga on Saturday, which is, you know, a very early one, two matchup. And it could be a very interesting bet. I would imagine Gonzaga would be favored. Maybe, you know, it's, a, it's going to be played on a neutral court, but it's, wasn't there a little, might've been a look at headline. I'll look. But that's going to be a very early test for Gonzaga. I probably lean Baylor in that game just because it's if Gonzaga wins that game, they don't really have much left on the schedule besides their two games against St. Mary's. They do play Iowa later on in December, but this looks like either they win this game and go, you know, they have they're one loss or two losses the rest of the way, or they lose this game and have three or four. So. Yeah, they're opening at three and a half point favorites. Oh, I I love Baylor there. <laughs> how about how about the Drew family? Just coaching coaching legacy. You had Homer Drew, the father coaching at Valpo. You got what's his, what's the Bryce, Bryce Drew well, or Scott Drew Scott, Scott Drew. Drew at Baylor, and you got Bryce Drew at Grand Canyon coaching the Lopes. Covering one of our 32 point spreads one of our favorite teams to bet the grand canyon yeah uh the lopes the antelopes yep so uh, that's one thing that's one thing that i did didn't realize i missed so much was just the like seeing the the nicknames for these random basketball teams that i bet and the amount that you learn and remember oh the useless knowledge you can collect betting obscure D one basketball. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's back in it. It's hard to really wrap your head around it since we're still in the midst of this crisis with COVID, but it feels a little, this is probably the most normal I felt in terms of watching sports, just because there's 20 games on every night that you can bet. And it's, it's, um, it's a welcome, welcome back for college basketball. Some, Some dare say addicting. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. We are investors. 1-800-GAMBLER. This isn't a game. Number three, Villanova, Jay Wright. This was, again, a team that was, I think they were in position to win the Big East before the tournament ended um, last year. 
but Jay Wright returns a lot of talent. He also, um, you know, I, I just don't know how I think the big East is. I, I, I the last couple of years, the big East has been just everybody in Villanova, but they've won two titles. So but UConn's back. Yeah. I mean, they just covered two and a half. I was on USC two and a half and they won by three. So fuck yes, me, right? but they're back in the big East. You know, it's like, you know, your divorced parents came back together. Yeah, that is true. Now, just, just, now you just need Notre Dame and Boston College and Miami and Rutgers, Virginia Tech <laughs> <laughs> and Rutgers. West Virginia was in the West Virginia. Too. Yeah. Bring them all back. Number four, one of Joe's favorite teams I'm finding out, Shaka Smart and Texas. Coming in at number four, they won the uh, Maui Invitational that was played in Asheville, North Carolina. Mm. I faded them against Indiana, faded them against North Carolina. North Carolina is still covered, but uh, or did they cover? Uh, no, I think they were one-point favorites. Yeah, so they, they won uh, the Maui like Invitational. Good, uh, good on you. But here's another interesting thing. Villanova and Texas play on Sunday. So we have a one-and-two matchup and a three-and-four matchup in Ken Palm, which is really only the ranking system I go by in terms of what we have on tap this weekend for college basketball. So it's going to be going to be a, a great college basketball weekend. I'm excited. Hopefully it looks like Villanova is opening as two and a half point favorites in that game. It was originally I, listed as minus six and mm, now it's at yeah. minus two and a half. Yes. Probably lean Texas there. Shaka smart with his 12 year old haircut. I love he that. looks absurd. <laughs> I feel like it could really throw, you know, like the East Coast Villanova team. Uh, I feel like it could throw them off going to Texas, you know, no COVID restrictions, just being like, oh, like you can do whatever. They might go rampant, get COVID, Texas wins. What? They might just get wild. (laughs) Rounding out the top five, the third Big 12 team in the top five, the Kansas Jayhawks, Bill Self. They already have one loss on their. Resume, they lost to Gonzaga by 12 to open up the year. Uh, don't really have many big games. They play Creighton in uh, December, but not until the Big 12 conference regular season gets underway uh, will they see some tough opponents. Uh, Kansas, you know, feel like they're here every year and they always come up short, but just something to watch out. The Big 12 looks to be like the top tier conference. They're the number one rated conference by adjusted efficiency metric on Ken Palm. Big 10 is second, ACC third, Big East fourth, SEC fifth. So just something to watch out. We'll be tweeting out our college basketball picks and we'll probably work some segments in as the, uh, as we get closer to the uh, conference regular season schedules, but just wanted to go over the top five, look at the players and, you know, could be Gonzaga's year. Uh, nah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know, the, the tournament is going to be interesting in just terms of fans. We'll talk about I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about it. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's like Baltimore. Whoops. <laughs> NFL week 13. Let's get into it before is we it get lucky in- or unlucky. What are our well, thoughts on the number 13 real quick? Well, this I'm- is a very important week for, many recreational sports betters because normally this is the last week of fantasy football. So you have a lot going on here. It's a very important week. A lot of teams jockeying for playoff position. 
kind of a make or break. I think three teams could all already make the playoffs um, if things break right this week. Um, but it's, you know, in terms of the chiefs, the Steelers and the saints, but it's 13. I, I'm not afraid of numbers. Numbers are our friend. Okay. Fair. I mean, I was, I'm a Dolphins fan, huge Dan Marino guy. So I, I like a good number 13. But in that instance, wouldn't that be evidence for the opposite? I don't know. Was holding all the passing records bad luck? <laughs> I don't know. Does Blaise. he ever have to take off a big ring when he jerks off? No, Ooh. isn't. I mean, isn't that easier? It is, but I feel like there's a point of pride right before you do something shameful. Why do you take that off? Also, what damn, Reno didn't. Would you wear it on? <sighs> what? What? Like, if you won a Super Bowl ring, what? Like not that Dan Marino did because he didn't, but like what hand would you wear it on? I'm gonna call it your low energy tonight. Low energy Joe. Yeah, heavy lift, heavy <laughs> sleepy lift Joe. Joe. Sleepy as fuck. Sleepy Joe. I'm just wondering. <laughs> now, now the pre-workout comes after the workout when it's a heavy day. You got it? Damn it, sorry. Got a crack. He's asking he's asking which hand do you wear rings on? I really don't care. I, I, I say that the number thirteen, if Dan Marino didn't wear thirteen, he probably wouldn't get kidnapped um in the Ace Ventura movie. That's true. People that forget. Movie has not aged well. I mean, why? Oh, because the uh, the trans. whole yeah yeah mm-hmm. the the man woman thing. Yeah. Oops. I don't know. He deserves Ray. an Oscar for that. <laughs> I think Dan, Dan, Dan Marino or there. Jim Carrey. Dan Marino. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, I, I just, a dick <laughs> in real life. But oh, well. I, I I could see that. Never meet your heroes. Um, let's go into DVOA, play a little quick DVO game, DVOA game for old time's sake. Who is the number one team in DVOA after week 12? Uh, 1972 dolphins undefeated season. The chiefs. It's the saints and it's not even close. Wow. I knew the answer. I didn't want to, you know, ruin yeah, it and show everyone up. It's the giants actually. Yeah. I'm prepared. <laughs> giants are 23rd. Still not the first team in weighted DVOA in the division. doesn't matter. They're in first place. Still going to win it, bitch. <laughs> I can't wait until they don't. Um, like, are you, ex- is that something you want to host this a point, playoff I don't game? Care. Like, are you looking forward to this? Um, I just want to see some, uh, some gumption out of them. Like see a couple W's. I'm an agent of chaos. This is insanity. I love it. My, I gotta say my dream scenario here. Is the Everybody loses here on out. Playing the Bucks, and then them beating Tom Brady again. Just one more time. Bill Simmons was talking about this on his podcast this week, um, on his Guest Alliance podcast, and he was like, I know the Giants fans, typical Giants fan, and you can splice up what Joe said in the last 15 seconds, and that is exactly what he said. <laughs> they'll probably I, get killed. Uh, like, they'll probably get like 40. Way to, way to be a... <laughs> typical That's why New I just York Giants fan. And I know that. And I just don't bet the Giants. I just don't do it. I won't do it to myself unless I see that there's something in the numbers. And even then, sometimes I just don't do it because then it's like double painful. Not even this week when they're playing your birds at home. I know. I'm looking at it because I'm like, Seahawks getting a lot of money, but the line's not moving. So maybe that plus 10 is nice. That's a trap. You game. also you also have <laughs> Colt McCoy, hook trap game for the Seahawks. McCoy's about to come out gunslinging like a motherfucker, <laughs> yeah, shooting down so some birds. I don't wait. wait just it. wait. 
I don't right. hate it. I am I am unilaterally ending the Giants segment of this podcast. Uh, I don't need to spend this too much time on a four and seven team. And That's fair. so big blue. You have to talk about him in the playoffs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is Joe wearing a Jeremy Shockey jersey today? No, it's uh <laughs> it's just a crew neck, you know. I wish it was a Shockey jersey. <laughs> All right, let's get into, uh, you know, and ra- I'll do right at the top top five in DVOA. Pittsburgh second, 11-0. Will they go undefeated? Yes or no? Quick, one answer. Uh, no. Joe, they, they I, already said, I already said that's that's your answer. One word, Joe. No. Okay. You said one answer. I know, I did. I meant one word. Tampa Bay third at seven and five, still very highly ranked. Kansas City fourth at 10 and one. Um and then you have actually I'm going, let's do weighted DVOA. Kansas City third, Tampa Bay fourth, and weighted DVOA. Fifth is the Rams Whoa. at seven and four. Interesting there. Last ranked team in DVOA. Can anybody give it to me? Uh the Jets. Correct. Do they win a game this year? No. Yes. This week. <laughs> <laughs> Trap game. Trap game. No, the odds are hilarious. They're like, isn't it like plus? Uh, I think it's like plus one eighty for them to not to go under to go winless. All right. With that in mind, the DVOA fresh in our mind. Let's move to odds versus SPY, the segment where we try and beat the standard of four or five hundred. Can we beat the market? As of right now, we are. We started this segment in week five. We are 41, 30, and one for a 9.58% return on investment. And the SPY is up $25 around there, 7.61%. We all pick three games. We go in snake draft order, and that's the portfolio that we put out. We Delayed this podcast's release because there was no Thursday night football game. Now we have two Monday night games and one Tuesday game. So I love it. A lot of uh, intriguing matchups this week, but we all went two and one last week. Much needed win for us. We went six and three total. Each one of us went two and one. So I think we had Terry give us a randomizer to start as far as what the draft order goes in this portfolio snake draft, Terry, who's going first? Uh, I'm going first. Oh, how convenient. Yep. No, I just made up the order in my head and it's me. Who's second? Uh, Joe. Okay. And that means I'm third. Thanks a lot. Terry, first pick for you. Who you got? Who's our first pick in the odds portfolio? Uh, so the first pick, we are going to the venture capital of the world. I don't know if that's true. Uh, the tech capital of the world, the highest dollar per square foot prices in the world. Also, I'm not sure if that's true. I think that's still true. A city where the mayor flouted their own stay at home order. Could be really anywhere at this point. Uh, it is the San Francisco 49ers, the fight in Joe Montana's uh, playing in Glendale, Arizona. Yeah, I was like, they're not even playing in San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> against the uh, Buffalo Dom's hated 
Buffalo Bills. I have not, I don't hate them. I I've not really bet against them the last couple of weeks. I've kind of understood where they were, but go on. Uh, so we got the Bills traveling on the road. Uh, 49ers are getting healthy. I feel like you could say that every week because they had so many people, uh, you know, hurt. Uh, but they got the big win against the Rams, getting pressure on Jared Goff, making him look stupid. Guy who just turns the ball over left and right. Um, but the rushing, the rushing offense is there for the um, 49ers, and this could be a game. You, know, you won't have Jimmy G. Nick Mullins looked good last week. Didn't ask him to do too much. Um, so, and Buffalo's defense is, I believe, ranked 24th in rushing DVOA. Uh, high 20s might not be exactly right. Um, but given 130 yards per game, which is kind of, which is interesting just because they're set eight, eight and three. Mm-hmm. Yes. And usually, you know, if you have that record, teams are going to be throwing a lot more, like, you know, towards the end of the game because they're losing. But, you know, they're, they're giving up towards the higher half or bottom half of the league in terms of rushing uh, yards per game. So I think the 49ers can control the offensive line, get some, you know, control the clock with Nick Mullins and their rushing offense. Uh, Debo is back, and you can see how much better their offense looks with him there. Brandon Ayuk also back off the COVID list. Um, so I, I just think this is a good spot for the 49ers to keep, keep it going. Head coach is pretty comparable, but I'll take a Mike Ch- or not a Mike Kyle Shanahan game plan um, over anyone really in the league at this point. Um, and another thing, this is, this is a big look ahead game for the bills. Um, they had bad luck uh, in the stadium before. Uh, with the DeAndre Hopkins um, touchdown. Oh, wait, are they're playing in Arizona. Are they playing in Arizona Stadium? Or- they are. Yes, okay. I think so, yeah. Or just another, the high school, Glendale High School <laughs> Stadium. Um, but I think this is this is a look-ahead game for the Bills. They got the, uh, the Steelers next week, which, you know, everyone's building up. They're building it up uh, on Sunday Night Football, which was Wednesday afternoon football um, yesterday. Uh, so I think the, the, the bills might, you know, be looking passes towards, towards the Steelers game, um, which, you know, has huge playoff implications. So, uh, give me the 49ers plus one and a half home dogs. Love my home dogs. Woof, woof, uh, in Glendale, Arizona. Yeah. I mean, I'm already on this with you. I took the money line last night. I think the Niners, you know, you saw them against, Los Angeles just come out angry. And I think they're pissed off at the County. I think they're pissed off at the world. And I think they're going to have kind of this, it's all shaping up to be like this magical road traveling team for the next month. And they're just beating everybody in sight. And they're five and six right now. If they lose, if they win and the Cardinals lose, uh, they're right there at six and six, uh, fighting for the seventh seed in the playoffs. And I think that just Debo Samuel is so important to this team. He just is, and you saw it when the Niners needed to get into field goal position to win the game against the Rams. They peppered Debo. I think he got four touches on the last drive to get into field goal position, but he just opens up so much for them offensively. So I like the pick. I really do. Hey, Joe, thanks. You're up. Uh, my first pick is going to be the Chiefs minus 13 and a half against the Broncos. 
I'm not afraid of this big spread. Um, Mahomes is three. Even after Thanksgiving? <laughs> no, I'm exp- I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Uh, Mahomes is three, one and one against spread as a divisional double digit favorite at home. And it gave me a little bit of pause because the Broncos are fifth in pass defense, according to TVOA. But I think that the Chiefs are going to just roll here. They have an opportunity to clinch a playoff spot and keep up with the Steelers. Um, and I think that this maybe in like a different year where there's two buys, uh, the chiefs maybe sit back a little bit on this one and you have a little bit more of a look ahead game, but with that bye week being so important, I think that uh, Andy Reid gets his guys going and uh, the chiefs are going to kick the Broncos ass here. Uh, I don't think that drew lock is good at all. Um, I mean, he's obviously better than a wide receiver playing quarterback, but um, even that, is not all that much of a step up in my opinion. So uh, I'm taking the chiefs to minus 13 and a half here at home. I, it just screams public to me, but the chiefs have lost three spreads in a row. So, you know, yeah. I can see it. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. And they're, they're getting 71% of the bets for 89% of the money right now. I'm sure that'll move a little bit as it, you know, as the week goes on, but this line is moving. Um, it's, you're starting to see some like heavy juice on minus 14, some places. Uh, so it looks like the line is only going in their favor. Um, or, you know, it's going up. So the 13 and a half I'll take. All right. I am. What do you think, Terry? Give it, give us your. No, that's it. That was it. Mm. All right. I am going to go. I, I picked this game first, uh, or second in the, uh, in our pre-draft, but I'll, go first here i have a question for you terry okay how yes, many times no, have yes. how many how many times has sean mcveigh played the cardinals in his career um six correct how many times have the cardinals covered against sean mcveigh uh once zero uh, McVeigh is five zero and one against the spread against the Cardinals. He was a favorite in all of them. He has not lost either straight up or against the spread against them. I know a lot of experts quote unquote are on the Cardinals this week, especially if you can get it at plus three. Um, it looks like it's going to be pushing down to minus two and a half. I will take the Rams at minus two and a half. I'll tell you why. It's because of what I just said. It's because Sean McVay owns this team. I think Cliff Kingsbury is a knockoff version of Mr. McVay. I think that until looking until sure until the Cardinals can prove they can beat McVay at least once. uh, I am not betting against Sean McVay in this spot. I'm actually going to bet on Sean McVay in this spot. And also the Rams after it's a little bit of a buy low on the Rams. I think that, you know, the Cardinals are on a little bit of a slide here. If they did not hit that hail Mary win against the Buffalo bills three weeks ago, they would have lost four straight and they would be reeling a little bit. This is a team that's six and five. 
The Rams are one game back in the NFC West after dropping a game to the 49ers. I think people are off the Rams a little bit, but like we said before, they're still fifth in DVOA. And for whatever reason, McVay cannot really hang with Shanahan and Shanahan. Like McVay owns the NFC West except for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. So I'm going with Sean McVay here after a straight up loss and in his career, he is nine and four against the spread after a straight up loss. And in this season, he is three and oh straight up after a straight up loss. So he hasn't won. He hasn't lost back-to-back games. You know, he had a dud against Miami had a dud against San Francisco in November, but dud. December, December's a new month. And I really don't want to be on the rant on, on the Cardinals. This game, I, I, the two and a half is good for me. I think that they'll control the ball kind of neutralize the Cardinals a little bit. The Cardinals, I think are not as good of a team as people were giving them credit for. I mean, if you look at their good wins, I mean, they beat the Seahawks and other than that, you know, beat the Niners in the beginning of the year, divisional game, beat the football team back when it was Dwayne Haskins and, you know, four interceptions in a game and Cowboys jets. uh, That's it. I mean, they've won two divisional games and that's it. I I don't think they're that good. Um, And I think the Rams are good. So I think the Rams win this game comfortably and I'm going Rams minus two and a half. Okay. Uh, I don't, I, I was torn back and forth on this. I bet the Cardinals earlier in the week, but I might buy myself off of it. I'm not entirely sure yet. I'm nervous. Uh, Arizona blitz. I think they have the, they blitz a lot. Jared Goff doesn't do well under pressure. So, um, I don't know. I'm still I'm undecided on this game. I just I see a lot of experts going with the with the Cardinals. I zag so. Going with the Rams, minus two and a half. Go Zags. My second game, I always find myself on the opposite side of this team. And this week, I'm going to bite the bullet and bet on them because they frustrate me so goddamn much when I'm betting against them. And it is the Green Bay Packers, minus eight eight and a half against the hapless Philadelphia Eagles. The Packers, I've, like I said, I've been on the other side of them a decent amount the last two years, really. But this past year I was on the bears on that Sunday night game or Monday night game. It was, and Aaron Rodgers and this offense with no crowd is so fucking frustrating to watch They, they make zero mistakes. They are a well-oiled machine. And when it comes to, putting away games, they might be the best in the league in terms of just running up the score and making sure teams do not have a chance. I do not see this Eagles team after watching them against the Seahawks. You know, they were a miracle backdoor cover away from getting blown out by the Seahawks who don't have a defense. And you look at the Green Bay Packers who are – Sixth in weighted DVOA, they're 18th overall in, in uh, DVOA defensively, a little bit better than the Seahawks on defense, and they have the second most efficient offense in the league. I don't see any way in which the Eagles score 14 points in this game, 
with <laughs> with their just shoddy. Like they're just lost. Like Carson Wentz is missing open receivers. He's seeing ghosts, and he just doesn't have it. I maybe they throw in Jalen Hurts and finally pan the reins of the offense over to him, and I get fucked on a backdoor cover because he rejuvenates this team, but. I, the Packers are just that good. I, I, I put the Packers in the same tier as the Saints, and I just think that they're they're the class of the NFC East, at least offensive uh, the NFC, at least offensively. And I'm taking them eight and a half because I don't see the Eagles putting up 14 points, and I don't see the Packers in Lambeau scoring less than 24. So I just bet them. <laughs> ah, so my my tirade my uh i also my pitch work the eagles but uh and i like i like the eagles i i do like and you do. From, you're like a, you're like a closet bird fan i i like the style but it they're just not good like this year they suck and sometimes it's you know it's better to realign yourself after watching games than go down with the ship and saying oh the packers aren't that good the packers aren't good that good the metrics don't say they're that good well the packers are that good they're probably going to win 12 games so i mean if you just say the thing if you say it long enough you'll eventually be right though well here's to me being right in week 13 joe you're up next all right my next pick is i'm going to be turning to a New York team, but not exactly. We're taking the Raiders minus eight and a half against the Jets. Um, part of this has to do with fading Adam Gase because it's just incredible that he is still a coach in the NFL, um, or at least a head coach anyway. But um, when fading Adam, Adam Gase, teams of a touchdown or more are 18-12 against the spread. Um, when he's been when in, in that situation with the Jets, teams are 10 and five against them. And when Sam Darnold is the quarterback, teams are seven and two. Um, Darnold is not the answer. I don't think that whether he plays or not really matters here. Uh, And I think that this spread is just not nearly big enough. Um, Even if Josh Jacobs doesn't play, um, which he's missed two practices in a row. uh, I think that Booker is a good enough replacement. And also the Jets strength on defense if you if there's anything that the jets do well is they sort of defend the run well um but they're the worst team or one of the worst teams defending the pass i think this is going to be a big game for Derek carr i think that there's some recency bias in this spread because of the way the raiders lost the falcons um and i think that if the raiders had won that game or even if it was closer this game is double digits. I'll be surprised if this spread isn't in double digits by Sunday. Um, so I'm taking them at minus eight and a half. You can maybe find a book where you can buy that hook. So it's at eight or seven and a half, but um, the eight and a half I'm comfortable with. Terry, give uh, us, give us why the jets are going to win straight up this week. <laughs> I, it just, they're not going to lose every single game. And the Raiders looked pretty bad against the Falcons. Greg Williams is just going to blitz the shit out of their car. It, coming to a sleepy East Coast game, not going to be – I don't know what the weather is going to – I don't know. There's just no energy. Are you, are you saying stadium. Sleepy Joe's betting, the sleepy, betting against the Sleepy Jets? <laughs> yeah, I just – I don't know. Like you saw with the Dolphins game, it was just kind of eh. – I think, if the Fal- I think if the Raiders beat the Falcons, 
I would be more inclined to take the Jets. But like, I think that off of that bad loss, they they need to win this game. And I think that they're going to be fired up. Like they're not going to want to lose to a winless team here. I don't think they're going to be fired up though. They're going to play the Jets. I think they're like, okay, well, at least we get to play the Jets. Well, I'm saying, I think they're 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 like, oh yeah, let's just go through the motions. This should be easy. And then not. I just think the game script, especially if, especially almost if Jacobs doesn't play that, it's going to force the Raiders to throw the ball more, which the Jets aren't good at defending. Um, so I think you can run the score up kind of fast. So I'm still standing with it. It's fair. It's fair. Uh, okay. Uh, my turn. Uh, so I'm going to go back to the Dirty Birds well. And I'm going to take the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Some plus three still out there. I think it's going to fluctuate between three and two and a half as we get closer to Sunday and probably will end up at three uh, against the Taysom Hill led uh, New Orleans Saints. Played two weeks ago, Saints won 24 9. Taysom Hill uh, threw 233 yards, rushed for about 50. I don't put too much stock into that game. Uh, it was the first game after Drew Brees' injury. No one knew who was going to be the starting quarterback until Saturday before the game. Uh, I think everyone was assuming it would be J- uh, Jameis Winston. And then for it not to be Jameis Winston, it, it kind of threw a wrench in the plans uh, of the Falcons' preparation and they're two completely different quarterbacks. So it's not, you know, trading Jeff Driscoll for Blake Bortles or something. Um, sorry, that was drive-bys to both those uh, guys. Uh, so I, I think the, the Falcons are going to be more well-prepared. Their defense has been playing, you know, played well last week against the Raiders. I, I, they're pretty good at stopping the run. I think they're 14th. And uh, rushing defense, DVOA, nope, sixth, my bad. Sixth in DVOA, 15th in total defensive DVOA, um, you know, 21st the week before. So they've been improving the past few weeks. They still, you know, they held the Saints offense at 24 points. Saints offense that, you know, just went to Denver and kind of played, you know, played a QB-less team. I, I think the Falcons have you know more firepower and i think they're going to come ready in division home dog i I like them here i'm a little nervous looking at their their uh injury report from practice today julio uh todd Gurley, and hayden hurst were all downgraded uh and did not practice so that's something to keep an eye out for that would you know if you get another dnp from them the line could you know get pushed to three or maybe even three and a half um maybe even higher so I still think they have the weapons. I still like it at three, even if, if some of those guys don't play. Uh, give me the home dog in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. No Chick-fil-A, though, because the game's on Sunday. I, I, I can sense it. Like I feel it with you that this 
kind of looks like a Falcons win and it feels like a Falcons win. I just, it's the saints are fucking really good. <laughs> their, their defense is really good. They may not look good. It's kind of similar to the Steelers, like where they're, you know, the Steelers defense looks a lot better, I think, than the saints defense, but statistically, you know, the saints defense is right up there and they, it looks ugly, but they get it done. So. Yeah, I, it, you know, I'm with you. I'm, I, I'm, I might bet it probably when it's like 10 o'clock on Sunday morning and I'm looking for extra games. I'll probably bet the Falcons, but that's a rush. I love that, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I'm ready to do it right now. All right. Fair, fair. That's fair. Terry um, third pick cut from the same cloth. Sean Payton, I think is cut from the same cloth as Doug Peterson in the sense that they just do just unexplicably stupid shit for no reason um, at some points in the game. So they just have bad coaching games. Uh, we, we've seen a few from Doug Peterson the past few weeks. Doesn't look great. I'm getting frustrated with his play calling. Will that stop me from betting the Eagles and going head-to-head with Mr. Dominic this week? Absolutely not. Head-to-head. Have we done this before? We have. When? I don't know. Joe looked it up. It was, uh, I think it was week eight or week nine. Um, I took the Raiders plus three, and Terry took the Browns minus two and a half. And we had a long discussion about the value of line shopping. Um, and the Raiders won and covered. So that was a nice little win. Um, but friendly fire is what this is. I mean, I mean, that stupid, that stupid Browns game was that stupid. Whatever, Maelstrom, whatever it was like the storm was called. Maelstrom. <laughs> like 16 to 6. The score was ridiculous. Yeah, was, there's like 35 mile on wins. Whatever. Yeah. I just, so I, my worry is just that listener, like, I, look, I think I, I'm going to win the bet, but our listeners are going to be like, what the fuck? I come here to beat the stock market, and here are seven games and two games completely opposite each other. Is that a hedge? Are we hedging our private equity, our, our portfolio? Yes, I'm trying to save the ship against your bet. Uh, like I'm trying to cancel them out. I mean, it does show some importance in listening to the pod because you can listen to what we say and then make your own decisions. Well, well, Terry, I think, has a little bit more explaining to do because all he said was that I'm frustrated with Doug Peterson's play calling, but that's not going to stop me from betting on him. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's a get-right game. They're, they were figuring out. They started figuring out when they were picking up the pace. I saw a, I saw glimmers. There were glimmers of an offense. I, I I can see it there. They won't have to do much. Hear me out. Also, you can get the Packers at minus eight. So you can do the same stupid thing that me and Joe did. Kind of. Uh, you would push the. Uh, and I think the line's going to keep going down. So you can wait on Dobbs pick. Anyway, um, the Packers. What did we see? What 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 game did we think the Packers were dead? The Bucks. What did they do? They got pressure on Aaron Rodgers. That's the formula with these great quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Make them uncomfortable. Uh, And PFF's top-rated pass rushing team is the Philadelphia Eagles. So it's not going to be like the Bears missing Hakeem Hicks where the, the Packers can just run the ball down the throw, don't have to do too much. They're going to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Eagles don't have the best pass coverage. Um so that's a tad bit of an issue going against Aaron Rodgers and Devon Adams. But they, they have Marcus Valdez-Scanling, who just fumbles and sucks. 
So that's point, you know, cancel out each other. Um, I just think that the Eagles will be able to run the ball against the Packers. They don't have, it can kind of be like a, a chief's game plan where you just keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, make him uncomfortable, keep the ball out of his hands. You probably get a little more Jalen hurts this week. What, what in the world did you see against the Seahawks defense where this Philadelphia Eagles offense could keep the ball out of the hands of the other team? I did. They're, they were getting a little better. They second (laughs) half in the second half, they started showing me some stuff. Yes. There were drop passes, some miscues. Uh, It was was raining, you know, it was raining. There's, there's some pressure mounting in Philly, but I think they responded well um, and, and came back in that, in that game. He got, um, what's his name? Peter's playing guard for the first time. This will be a second game. I like it. I, I believe in, in Carson Wentz. I'm not giving up on him yet. Um, and if you look last year, who, you know who went to Lambeau Field and beat the um, Packers? Carson Wentz and the Eagles. How about that? How about that knowledge? How about that? Um, no, I mean, the only thing I will say is if uh, the NFC East is truly a clusterfuck, the Philadelphia Eagles win this game. They yes. I, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> look, I'm not. I'm not here saying that they're going to win this game. Uh, I don't think they're going to win this game. But eight and a half points seems like a lot. I mean, the Green defense, twenty fourth DVOA rushing, eighteenth in passing, and it is. Is it worse? Than, no, Seattle's is worse. Whatever. Who cares? That's I. I went through that in my in my segment. Just rewind the podcast like ten minutes. Yes. Okay. But Seattle's um, rushing defense is ranked 12th. So they're going to be able to run the ball. They're not going to need Carson Wentz to do too much. Use the running backs. You get Zach Ertz back this week, most likely. I I just I don't see the Packers, you know, covering the eight and a half points. Maybe a little sleepwalking going on. You got division game next week, division game the week before. A little sandwich game against the, the, the lackluster lost Philadelphia Eagles. And boom, you know, now, now I'm talking myself and I'm winning. So I don't know. It, it, All right. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> oh. Jets money line, <laughs> the Eagles. Like, what a week. Jets money this, line. I heard, just... this, I heard this from Chris Raybon uh, from the Action Network. 58% against the spread uh, teams coming off three straight losses. That's the Eagles. Aaron Rodgers is one in seven against the spread against team coming off three straight losses. That's bad. <laughs> I don't need to do the math for you. All right. I, like I said, I, any, any week I would probably be with you, but I'm just so sick and tired of betting against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I think they're really fucking good. So yeah, it's like the third, like, the end of the third quarter where you still have like a glimmer of hope. And then they just march down the field, silent count in their own stadium. And just, it's just little, little out routes. They'll, they'll make a stop. The Eagles will make a stop and they'll be like fourth and two. I like the 40 and they'll run like double play action, three out, three yard out route to Robert Tanyan that like no one's covering. I just, I see it. I see it. And I'm not going to bet against it. Joe, you're up. 
not okay. scared. So uh, my last pick, a little scared, is standard. Standard third pick usually going to be something a little weird. Um, so the Lions finally fired Matt Patricia, and the line opened at plus four and a half, and now it's down to plus three. Um, but what I'm looking at is the total here. So I am going to be taking the Lions over 20 and a half points. Um, I think that they win this game, uh, you know, like the fired coach, uh, little bounce, you know, uh, give them, give them a little kick in the ass there. And I don't think, I just don't think the bears are very good. Um, and this total feels low. I think that even though the bears defense has been, um, fairly good, I just don't, I think that the Lions are going to be better. I think they're going to have better play calling. Just getting Patricia out of there, I think, is going to be such a breath of fresh air um, that 20 and a half points seems entirely within reach. Um, so I like that. The Lions are averaging 22.3 points per game this season, and Chicago is the eighth best in terms of points allowed, um, but they still allow 22.7 points. So I think the 20 and a half is low. Um, I don't necessarily even know if they should be underdogs in this game, but uh, you're kind of getting a benefit of them being an underdogs because they have a lower total. So I'll take the 20 and a half um, and go over that. So uh, that's my last pick. And it's a little weird, but yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Brand. Terry, can, Terry, can you explain that? Yeah. I, I mean, I was, Joe, Joe's, I think, got the best record this year, so I'm not going to go and say he's wrong here, but I don't know what the fuck this is. A, a few things, a few points to touch on. Um, I was very close to picking Detroit with one of my picks at plus three. Got him earlier in the week, four and a half. Uh, the only thing that scares me, obviously the Detroit should have won the first game they played when they were up by 21 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Swift dropped the ball. The only thing I'm going to say that concerns me inexplicably, not inexplicably, their stats back it up. Uh, for some reason, Mitch Trubisky plays so well against the Detroit Lions, which is weird. Fair. I do, remember, no more, this. I do remember this from week one. There's no, there's no more Matt Patricia, but still, if you look at his stats, he's 4-2 and two against them, 14 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Yeah, and that's part of why, I, like, I think that the Lions can win. They, I think they should cover at least the four and a half that I bet earlier in the week too. Um, but I like that's why I like the alternate total. I think they're going to score, um, and I think twenty and a half points is well within reach. This is an alternate total. No, that's standard. Oh. Twenty and a half. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, it's on DraftKings twenty and a half, and I just think that they get there. Um, regardless of, you know, if Mitch plays well or not, um, I think that they get there and you're kind of getting a discount because they're an underdog. Um, even though, you know, so you're at 20 and a half. What is three times eight? Three times eight is 24. 24 of the 24. I did some research of the 24 picks we've made on these podcasts since week six. Joe has picked an underdog three times. <laughs> Incredible. That's, That's it. I've only, that was my one, stat. I've only had one losing week, though. Incredible stat. I've only had one losing week. All right. It's impressive. I, uh, going back to the well here with uh, Chiefs minus 13 and a half and Raiders minus eight and a half. Um, <laughs> uh, my, my final pick, the ninth pick. You might know where I'm going. I've been on this team for the last two weeks. 
it's not in the patented trademarked Ron Rivera zone of a field goal spread, but I think the spread is way too high. The Washington football team plus eight and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a Monday night game at 5 p.m. The Steelers on short rest. I don't know if they're going to have James Conner. Not that that really matters because they look to be just a spread it out kind of run and gun team. But here is my pitch to you. Washington football team, fifth overall defensive DVOA. Very good defense. They have the second highest pass rush rated by PFF, third best coverage in PFF. They kind of match up well defensively against this Steelers team where you see Ben Roethlisberger passing the ball over 35, 40 times a game. Even if they go and switch it up and go a little more run heavy, they're not bad at stopping the run either. Ninth best run defense, according to PFF. Steelers wins. Steelers have beat four teams over uh, by, by 10 points or over. Those teams, Giants, they beat by 10. Browns, they beat by 31. Bengals, they beat by 26. Jaguars, they beat by 24. Washington football team, according to DVOA, Higher, better, ranked, more efficient than all four of those teams. Yes, including the Cleveland Browns. Washington is 21st overall in weighted DVOA. Browns 22nd. I think that given the short rest, the Washington football team has last played on Thanksgiving. So an extra rest um, in terms of playing Thursday and then playing the next Monday. I think this defense will be very well rested against the Steelers team that had to grind it out a little bit against the Baltimore Ravens team. That was without Lamar Jackson, kind of similar play style. Um, I mean, obviously the, the Alex Smith led football team is going to throw a little bit more, but the uh, the Ravens have a pretty you know top 10 defense. I think it's going to be a similar style game and I will take the Washington football team um, in a one score game. I actually think that, you know, I'm, I might put a little bit on the money line here. Cause I just think that oh. the Steelers are ripe for a loss. Yeah. I think I, you know, they have Washington. They, they might have a little look ahead game. They're playing against the bills next week in Buffalo, which Per their schedule, they have five games left to complete the 16 and 0. Washington, Buffalo, at Buffalo, at Cincinnati, home against the Colts, and at the Browns. I think they might be looking a little bit ahead here, just saying, okay, we beat the Ravens. You know, we're probably got the division locked up. We'll try and beat the Bills to cement our status as the, you know, the number one seed as we kind of go ahead and battle the Chiefs here. But for some reason, this Washington football team has been improving every week with Alex Smith, the quarterback. Terry McLaurin is a problem. And even though the Steelers defense is best in the league, and if, you know, the only thing that worries me is the turnover with Alex Smith potentially, but I think they're going to keep it. If they play a conservative game plan, which I think they will, this game I think will be a one-score game, and I like this eight and a half. I think it's a pretty big spread. I think I have it closer to around six, five and a half, six. So I hate this bet so much, but I, uh, I'm not going to take. It. Like I was thinking about going. I was thinking about going the other way on this game, but with Bud Dupree getting hurt, um, I think that's a big loss for the Steelers. But I did run a couple numbers because I know that we know Tomlin is terrible against the spread as a double digit favorite when he is 
a favorite between seven and 9.5 points. He's 17 and nine. And when the spread moves against him, he's nine and two against the spread. So I'm rooting, I mean, I'm rooting for the Steelers as a Giants fan, but um, I get the angle. So um, just wanted to throw that out there though. Yeah, no, I mean, it's scared. The turnover potential, the only way this, you know, if there's a late turnover by Alex Smith, but I just, I haven't seen a lot out of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. You know, they haven't really played a good team since week eight in Baltimore uh, with Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to say I'm not. Yeah. And they should have lost that game. They've played at Dallas, Cincinnati, and at Jacksonville before this Ravens game where they played, you know, the Ravens B squad with COVID. So, you know, this could be a, a tough matchup for them, and I like the eight and a half. Yeah, uh, it's just like the Bills game where it could be a look ahead um, for the Steelers facing the Bills next week. Uh, and, you know, the pass rush should make Big Ben uncomfortable. Although, did see the stat on the Wednesday afternoon, Sunday night game slash the Turkey, Turkey Day game. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has the fastest release this season in the NFL. Getting the ball quick, very unlike him in his career. Yeah, they're gonna you're gonna see a lot of wide receiver screens. Kind of the they have weapons on on the offense, but it is what it is. I'm going Washington plus eight and a half. So we have Terry 49ers plus one and a half, Falcons plus three, Eagles plus eight and a half, Joe Chiefs minus thirteen and a half, Raiders minus eight and a half, Detroit team total over twenty and a half. I am on the Rams minus two and a half. The Packers minus eight and a half. Yes, I'm going against Terry. We talked about it earlier. Washington plus eight and a half. Those are our picks. Odds versus SPY going for another positive week where we try and get some, we try and, you know, get a little separation from the SPY. Let's go into pods and recs. Producer Corey, how you doing? Fantastic, Dominic. Do you have anything to recommend to our listeners this week? I do. Um, last week I was skating with a buddy of mine and, Tony Hawk, uh, yeah, Bob Burnquist, well, Bucky Lassick. It's, it's Tony. Uh, yeah, Margera. Hey, we don't talk about him. He's going through some tough times. He's very bipolar. Um, anybody who has an Instagram will know that. Uh, so I busted a shoe foot went right through the fucking thing. Uh, I realized then that I had Is not that a bought, trick. No, my shoe, my uh, foot came through the shoe because it was. You came in your shoe, Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop. Uh, so my foot came through the shoe after doing so many tricks that I had worn it out. But then I realized I hadn't bought a pair of shoes in like, I don't even know. So I got a new pair of sneakers and I feel like I'm walking on cloud nine. So I'm going to suggest you go out there, buy yourself a new pair of sneakers. Don't wait for Christmas. Cause they're going to get you the wrong size. They're going to fuck it up. Just do it for yourself. Uh, just because you're probably not leaving your home very often. Doesn't mean you should do so, uh, in some old ratty sneaks, go get some new tennis shoes. What'd you get? New balance? No, a pair of vans. Uh, you, you would be a van guy. I mean, yeah. just said he was skating with his buddy. Yeah. <laughs> new balances. My five Oh sevens. I'm a five forty seven guy. Wasn't that don't, an alt-right thing? Yeah, don't know what that means. Joe, recommend something, please. Um, that was from Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, no. Oh, those are your 507s? He throws them off the balcony. I don't think I remember <laughs> that one. 
Um, I'm going to recommend. Are you Steve Jobs? <laughs> are you, Steve are, you Jobs? The, are you the billionaire owner of Apple yes. computers? <laughs> yes. Dom gets it. Sparta. Um, I'm going to recommend a board game, uh, settlers of Catan. Uh, I just bought it. I had a copy and then the copy was left, uh, at an undisclosed location. Um, so I think I know I, the location. So I, so I bought a new copy at Marshall's. It was great. Um, but I'm pretty excited for it. It's kind Can of you like back a, that up oh, and just wait, you, what you just said. You bought it at Marshall's. Is it just missing things? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can, we, can we discuss something what the fuck are marshall's tj maxx home goods these stores are fucking garage sales with a roof why do they exist i love i them. mean i mean bitches love home goods i don't get yeah. it you go I into one them. whatever you find there you <laughs> will only find one bitch. of and you will not find another one in another store in another it's location. crazy that's the best because part can I just wheel my shit in there and just that's dump it and be like, sell it? <laughs> I'm not, wait, so I'm not getting when the the owner of like what like whatever like like the CEO was basically said they were like trying to say why don't you do online sales during the pandemic? He was like, no, fuck it, like that completely goes against what we do. <laughs> like we like, want our like, customers to walk in and think that a store ladder is for sale, and we'll sell it to them. Yeah. That's that's it's their great. business model. Sell whatever's in the in, under the roof. Yeah, it's like whatever's there. Just like put a sticker on it, and like that's what it is. Hi, you got fucked up close from your manufacturing plant. Send it on over. Yeah. So, uh, but I got the board. I bought the board game, um, and it's solid. I got, like I'm pretty excited about it. It's kind of like a cross between Risk and Civilization. Um, so uh, it, it's fun. I like it, and probably gonna have like a pretty nerd day tomorrow night. Uh, with the rest of the meat locker and uh, we're going to just play settlers of Catan. So it'll be great. The meat locker is where I live for all the listeners that don't know. I'm sure they're surprised by that. (laughs) Cool. My strategy is always to build the longest road. That's what I try to do too. Silk road strategy. Yeah, no, it's not much of a strategy. I don't think I've ever won, but I just just want to connect. I just want to connect big manifest destiny guy. Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> be a problematic statement. <laughs> Hi, I'm a white, and I, I deserve to build a road here. <laughs> big, big manifest destiny guy. What yeah. the fuck? People the west side of this board is mine. Yeah, God told you me. It. You built this road. We're going down. westward. Yeah, Joseph Smith told me it's mine. <laughs> I didn't know there was anybody else here. <laughs> westward, westward, how? So I, I don't I like it. It's a good game. Would Westward Ho sounds like an Instagram thought name. Westward Ho. <laughs> um speaking of going westward, I I was going to recommend something else, but I'll recommend uh Oregon Trail. I actually I, I know producer Corey was playing this, but I actually Got you played, hooked too. I, I played uh when I was at work, we were discussing something about Oregon and then somebody made an Oregon trail joke and you can find like simulators and emulators online in a web browser and uh game is a lot easier than I remember, but it's just fun to do once and see if you can make it. Love it. Don't die of dysentery Have you made it? right now. I did. I made it, but I lost three of my people uh, <laughs> trying to try to cross a river. Jesus, don't go on the road <laughs> with this guy. Hmm. 
it was like the last river I, I chose to do the river because I ran out of money because I like well, you had a better like, road. I, I went as like a farmer on like the highest idiot. Difficulty. You don't ever go as the farmer. <laughs> hey, Jesus, <laughs> just trying to you know, it's it's the it's the opposite of manifest destiny. It's uh, you know I go as a, a lonely poor person and see if you can make it. Is it <laughs> the answer is no. Uh, or you I will at heavy casualties. Yeah, I made it, uh, but two out of five made it. So that's why farmers had to have so many kids. They were going to lose a lot heading out yeah. to California highway. And then, and then the, uh, the, uh, the annoying thing too, is that like Robert, like thieves kept coming in the night and stealing shit. And it's like, fuck man. Like, oh wait, which version were you playing? I just realized today or yesterday when I was playing it, that there's like three, I think that were like, one was in 1990. I think there was one in like the last one was, I think 96 or 98. And it was like slightly more updated. <laughs> I don't know. I just typed in Oregon Trail and found one. Great. Online. I'm going to spend the rest of my night looking up different varieties <laughs> of Oregon Trail. <laughs> so, you right. made, so you made fun of me for the Manifest Destiny comment. But you well, I was about Oregon to say. Trail, just is You're just the having embodiment fun. of Manifest yeah. Destiny. <laughs> You brought uh, white supremacy it's, into it's, a board game, Terry. It's, it's Manifest Destiny adjacent. I this game is say. based on white supremacy. It's different. <laughs> All right, Mr. Manifest Destiny, you're up. Last, last rec. Uh, I recommend getting a standing desk. Makes you stand and work. You yeah, feel I'm more productive. right now. Yes. So then you can stand while you look at your phone instead of doing your work instead of sitting. Um, so it makes you feel a little more productive and, you know, gets, gets the blood flowing in your legs. Good for your back too. Good for my back and my, my pussy and my crack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for this week's episode of the Oddscast podcast for Dominic DeLeo, Joe DeLara, Terry Takes, producer Corey. We will see you next week. We'll post all the pics on the socials. See you God. soon. God bless. Bye. Do it now, lick it good, suck this pussy just like you should. Right now, lick it good, suck this pussy just like you should. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. First you gotta put your neck into it Don't stop, just do it, do it Then you roll your tongue from the crack Back to the front, then you suck it all till I shake and come, nigga Make sure I keep busting us, nigga All over your face and stuff Slow head, show me so much love The best head comes from a thug The dick good, dick big and long Slow fucking till the crack of dawn On the edge, make it fit and stuff
just like you my neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. Shoot.